everyone. I hope you are having an awesome week and welcome to our first episode of the Include podcast portion of our business where we are going to hopefully continue to interview all of someone um, and all of the nonprofits that we are teaming up with or donating to for that month. We are so excited for this opportunity, and today I interview Megan from Growing Strong Sexual Assault Center, and I am just so, so, so thankful for her for sitting down and just talking to me for a little bit, and I will say around, I think, eight minutes, maybe for a minute or so, you can hear the wonderful Mia barking. You can kind of hear me leave uh, with the door creak, and I just wanted to let everyone know ahead of time that you will hear that, and going forward, the dogs will be at the sitter for the day if I have an interview to do. So I just want to let everyone know, and I'm so grateful, and I hope everyone has a great weekend, and here is the interview Megan and I did. Okay, so hey everyone, I am speaking with Megan. Um, She is a prevention educator at Growing Strong Sexual Assault Center. Megan, do you want to say hi? Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, you're so excited to be on this call. I know, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so appreciative of you being on the call and taking time out of your day because I know you are probably one busy person. And yeah, I kind of just want you to inform everyone, which you're the perfect person to do this because you are the educator. I want to inform everyone about like who you guys are and the statistics and how we can educate everyone better on all of this information that I really don't know a lot about. I guess we can say, tell me a little bit about yourself and then we can talk about the event too. Everybody, my name is Miss Megan. That's what I tell my students to call me. <laughs> and um, I am from Growing Strong, uh, which is located here in Decatur, Illinois. Um, a little bit of background about me. So I grew up just right outside of Decatur. And so I've always been around this area, and I've always been really passionate about just seeing this area grow. Um, and so I knew I needed to go somewhere that had the same kind of approach in life as I did. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I came to Growing Strong. Um, I'm really passionate about seeing the community progress uh, towards an equitable society, and that was one of my big ones. And so I knew I needed to go towards working with a social justice agency and having a really feminist approach um, Mm -hmm. to equity, to making sure that um, people have a voice. Um, And so that is where I landed, and I love it. (laughs) It is something that I'm just so passionate about. Um, is just spreading the message and really making sure that survivors um, of sexual violence, you know, get to tell their story in a safe, confidential space. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest ones. Um, and as a prevention educator, I get to go out to the community and I get to teach people things. I get to make sure that, um, you know, we're working with kids, we're working with adults, community members, um, different agencies where we are really working on the education piece to really grow and tear down rightness, tear mm-hmm. down um, things, you know, preconceived ideas and thoughts that we've had. Mm-hmm. Well, we try not to blame ourselves for, but, you know, um, it's just the environment we grew up in. And so we really want to change that tide and um, view sexual violence as a tool of oppression. Mm-hmm. And that was that's really one of our big, um, you know, being an ally, being an ally to survivors. Um, yeah. that's that's amazing that's so cool that like just the reason why that you did it I think is really moving and 
you already just sound like such a good educator because I'm like, li- like I'm nodding my head like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're teaching me things already. Um, no, that's, that's definitely amazing. Um, so tell us a little bit about the event coming up that you guys are doing in April. Yes, we're really, really excited about this. And I have a cool update. So it is called Take Back the Night. And it is primarily done in person, but due to COVID, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to change it to virtual. Okay. So it'll be on April 8th, and it'll start at 6 p.m. And if anyone just wants to follow us on our social medias, um, we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Awesome. And we will have more updates with, um, you know, how are we going to do this? We're going to have some speakers. We're going to have some poets. We're going to have time for meditation. We're just to kind of, you know, meet everyone where they are because um, this is hard. Yeah. This is hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we really want to make sure that we um, acknowledge that and we want to make sure that we're there for people because I think that's one of the most important things. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, so we're going to do it over like a Zoom platform. Um, and it really helps serve and create safe communities and respectful relationships through these awareness events. Mm-hmm. Um, because this has been happening for a really long time. So there's a little bit of history. Because I, I saw this the other day and I said, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Yeah. I have to share this. Absolutely. So the very first Take Back the Night event happened in 1877. Oh. And this happened in London, England where a group of women came together and said, hey, you know, we can't walk alone at night, we can't do anything because um, people are then abusing women, they're sexually mm-hmm. assaulting them, they're hurting them, um, and so we need to stand together, and we need to come together and say, hey, no more, we can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So it didn't come to America until about 1978 in San Francisco. Wow. And this is where women started, across the country, started coming together and reclaiming the night. Um, where they were trying to end all forms of violence towards women. And so every year it's just been a continuous event. Um, They have a website that they have which talks about different stories. They have pictures and just the history. Um, And so it's a really, really great event um, to come together as a community. And that is one of our themes this year is Together Mm -hmm. We Stand. Because we know now more than ever we need each other. Uh, We need each other to be able to hold us up. We, I know I can only speak for myself mm-hmm. and my agency. Mm-hmm. We've never worked harder. Um, we have just put in so many hours um, of changing everything that we've done, mm-hmm. moving it electronically, trying to meet clients where they are. Um, and so we know that that's probably definitely uh, what other people are doing too. And so we need to stick together. We need to make sure that we do create a sustainable and lasting effect on this community. To make sure that people feel safe is one of the, um, it's tough, right? It's really yeah. tough, but we can do this. We, we can come together um, and we can raise awareness for something that, and I'll share some stats with you here in a little bit, That's about good. something that happens quite often. Yeah. So do you, I, and of course I know you just said that, but have you guys kind of received a more influx of uh, would, would, do you call them patients? Do you call the individuals patients? Or what, what do you refer to the people that come to your facility? So a couple have a dis, uh, different kinds of verbiage. So okay. I use survivor. Okay. Um, some people use victim. Um, and then whenever they're referring, because I don't really have what we call client. Mm-hmm. I have my, my community is my clients. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yes, we have like certain clients that, you know, come in for our services as well. Yeah. So with like COVID and everything, have you has there been like an influx of 
survivors that have come in to the facility or, or I guess like across the board has that been seen? Yeah. So absolutely. Um, and so with more people staying home mm-hmm. and I'll, like I said, I'll give you some stats here later. Yeah. Um, most sexual assaults happen in the home. Yeah. They happen in or around the home. And so if we know that people are, are in the home, they can't leave. They can't go to their jobs because their job closed. They can't mm-hmm. go to that function. They can't go to that school. Um, everything's home. Um, I think we have seen an influx. It goes in waves. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's back and forth. And I think um, here in the next couple of months and or year, I think it's going to be really telling. It's going to be um, a total shift. Yeah. And I think we're preparing for that. Um, we're preparing for the the inevitable crisis that people are going to get out of. Yep. Um, and where they can start really divulging and dealing and go through that healing journey of being able to really step forward and say, hey, this is what happened. Um, you know, I'm stronger than this. I have people here to support me. Um, let's start going on this journey. And so it is very difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. So what all do you guys offer? So what what is all the stuff that your facility offers? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about, uh, we're a feminist agency. We really follow and adhere to this a feminist approach to mm-hmm. sexual violence. Mm-hmm. So at the very first and foremost, we recognize um, the oppression of sexism, which creates a power balance. Mm-hmm. So we see this power and control happening um, with a lot of our clients. And so um, our mission at Growing Strong is to work towards the elimination of all forms of sexual violence, whatever that entails. Okay. Sexual harassment, um, sex trafficking, it's a flu of things. Um, and until our goal is met, uh, we, we are going to advocate for victims' rights, and we do provide a safe space uh, for victims to heal. Uh, we are completely committed to mm-hmm. providing education so that with community awareness, just like the Take Back the Night event, mm-hmm. we can effectively intervene to prevent sexual violence. Um, so to follow this mission, we provide free and confidential healing services um, to sexual assault uh, survivors and their significant others as well. And so we have five counties around the area that we serve. Mm -hmm. So of course we have Macon, we have DeWitt, Mm -hmm. Pyatt, Moultrie, and Shelby counties. Mm -hmm. So in all of those counties, it's all free and confidential counseling, Um, free and confidential support groups. Uh, We have medical advocacy where we meet people in the hospitals that they present um, as if they were just sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will walk them through. We will stay there the whole time and make sure that their rights are met and that it's their decision, because it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is their story to tell, and um, when, when, when it's time for them to tell it, we're here, right? Yeah. Uh, we have legal advocates, so they'll meet people in the courtroom. They'll help court prep. They do a lot of different things. Uh, file orders of protection. Uh, we have um, prevention education, what I do. And so the prevention education, what we've been primarily focusing on for the past several years is a social ecological model that really focuses on relationship building. Now we're moving towards a community building. Um, And so an example of that would be a program, uh, it's called Safe Dates. It is CDC recommended. And it is a wonderful program and it is a 10-step program um, that focuses on healthy relationships. And this is primarily Gender norms, mm-hmm. um, anger. We talk about uh, abusive behavior. 
uh, we really kind of divulge. And it's um, one of my favorite programs. I always love to talk about it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. I would um, love for you that. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Um, and then we have professional trainings. Um, so we'll train police. We'll train criminal justice personnel. We do a forty-hour crisis intervention training where people will come to our facility, and this is completely free. Um, people will come to our facility, and they will do a forty-hour training, which then qualifies them to be able to volunteer. Um, so they can volunteer at events. They can volunteer in the office. They can even do prevention education. Um, they can meet people in the courtrooms. They can do a lot of those things. And so uh, we offer that about, I would say quarterly, about four times a year um, that we do that. And then we train the community partners as well. So we do like an anti-sexual harassment training. And like I said, all of this is free. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all funded by grants um, throughout the state and federal. Awesome. Uh, we have crisis intervention services. So we have a 24-7 hotline number. So anytime, anyone from Growing Strong will answer that line. Um, we are all trained in crisis intervention to be able to really um, work with that survivor or, or that significant other, someone who's just has some questions. Mm-hmm. It's for anybody. It really is. If you're just, you know, over your head and you're just, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to talk to, it's us. We, we can direct you places. We, we can make sure that you're getting the help that you need um, because it's so crucially important that someone's there for people. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then we also have case management services as well. So if someone's like, hey, I, you know, I need help <laughs> getting a new job, have help filling out a resume, I need some help getting some clothes, um, we have a wonderful case manager who will direct you to different places around the areas and try our best to get those things for people. Awesome. Wow. That's so crazy. And I remember when I was uh, speaking with Natalie before, she said that you guys had these rooms. Are they sensory rooms? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have a thing called the Santry room. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I. you know anything about uh, Santry therapy? She honestly, she kind of like briefed on it. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> yes. And it, it, it's a crazy thing. It, it really is because, like, once you go in there and you start divulging your trauma, mm-hmm. um, you look around the whole room and it has figurines. It has anything and everything you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And what people start doing is they start picking things that mean something to them. It could be a lion. It could be um, a fence. It could be a house. It could be just so many different things. Yeah. And they put this in the sand tray, and then they start divulging. How does that make you feel? Why did you put that there? Mm-hmm. And then they start really talking about their trauma in a way that's comfortable, and it's not um, pressured, and it's safe. Um, and some people run their hands through the sand just mm-hmm. to even have a, a, what we call a grounding, mm-hmm. where people feel like, okay, I'm here, I'm safe, I, I can talk about this. Wow. Um, and, yeah, we're all trained in it, and it is just amazing. Um, to see the progress in someone because divulging trauma that is so personable is one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. And that's why, um, you know, a lot of this is one of the most underreported crimes yeah. um, because of that, because people are, are scared. They don't um, know who to go to, who to talk to. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And it sounds like, like when I, when you talk about it, it just sounds like calming. So I'm sure just like, like you said, like the grounding, like where they touch it, like it just seems so 
like they probably can breathe, you know, like if with whatever they've gone through and all, you know, it, it just sounds peaceful for them, like to escape. Um, so do you want to go into statistics or is there anything else that you can think of with the, the facility? Um, I, yeah, we can go right on to the statistics. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. This is what I'm, I'm excited for. I'm excited wow. to know more statistics. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough. It, this one's tough. Yeah. I think before I even came to Growing Strong, mm-hmm. I did not know how prevalent this was. Yeah. And I think, you know, doing the work I do and seeing it, um, and then knowing that I'm not touching half of those people that I Yeah. Could. Just do just so many barriers. Absolutely. Um, tough, yeah. So I'll go ahead and start. This okay. one is pretty damaging. Okay. Um, every, seven, every 73 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. Mm. And every nine minutes of that, a child is, is, is assaulted as well. It is said that um, one of the most um, prime ages for someone to be, let's say, um, sex trafficked or even um, sexually assaulted by either an adult or another classmate is about from age 9 to 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, there's a lot of barriers to this mm-hmm. of why people don't report. And one of the big things for kids is they don't want to get in trouble. Right. Um, they just don't want to get in trouble. They think that, um, you know, we're always supposed to listen to adults mm-hmm. or the things that were done to them, um, you know, we need to be quiet about it because yeah. that person said so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of barriers into that. And so we, as a prevention educator, what I do is I really focus on spreading that word of just working with parents, working with community members, and just being, you know, talking about disclosures and how people can talk. Because mm-hmm. on average, a child will tell an adult up to seven times before someone believes them. Ugh. And so we, I know, that was hard. And yeah. so we really focus on trusted adults where we can, we can identify for them, okay, these are the people I can go to. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I think it's important, too, for kids, because I, I let them know as well, I'm, I'm an adult and I have adults, uh, trusted adults, too, mm-hmm. because it's so important because we never know what can happen. And so we have to identify that with them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So one in three women worldwide experience some form of sexual violence or intimate partner violence in their lifetime. One in three. That is a huge number. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm going to specifically talk about college women here because okay. I think this one's important too. So what I'm talking about here is called the red zone. Um, and this is kind of a term that many colleges use. Um, so college women ages 18 to 24 are at an elevated risk of sexual violence. Um, they're at an increased, increased risk of sexual violence. Um, they're about 50% um, more amped to be sexually assaulted. And it's in these specific months. It's in August, September, October, and November. And what we can get from that is mm-hmm. rushing. We can get parties. Um, they're new to college. Maybe they um, didn't do those things in high school. Maybe they now they can't, right? They're yeah. now not under parent supervision. And so we maybe they were not versed in how to protect ourselves, right? And I think I'm gonna specifically talk about women because I am a woman mm-hmm. and I wanna talk about that really quickly is um, as women, we were told at a young age, not everyone, I'm just speaking in general, right. told, told in a young age 
So I always go to the bathroom with people to make sure that if anyone's following you, right, have other people with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if a someone looks excessively drunk, make sure that you take them with you. If someone tries to take someone upstairs to a frat, we need to make sure that we're there for them, that type of thing. But what we haven't focused on is the prevention, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're saying, hey, we just shouldn't sexually assault people, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, as women, you know, we hold our keys through our, our fingers when yeah. we go to our cars. Or carry mace, carry a window breaker, carry all of these different things, tasers, yeah. just to protect ourselves. I know as a single woman, my father, that was a huge thing with him, was... Well, we have to be protected. You have to be protected. I said, I can do what I can do. Um, I could, I, you know, I could, I could walk by the lights. I can make sure I don't park in a non-lit area, and I can try to do the things I can mm-hmm. um, to protect myself. But I think as women, um, a lot of times we're just first in protecting ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Well, and it's so. It, it, sorry, it's sorry to interrupt. Um, it's like, crazy too because, like, right, like right now as we speak of it, that's being talked about more and more. People are like, I I often like even like on my Instagram or whatever, it's like I walk with keys between my fingers. I, what you just said, like go by the lights. I will take a longer route because that one street is, um, you know, it's, it's, has different people in it at night and you never know what can happen. So it's really, it's really interesting that we're talking about it now because it is a pretty, um, pretty big in the media which it's always should be like it's very important because it is about prevention not about what are you going to do to protect yourself it should be about what are we going to do to stop it right right yeah okay sorry go ahead (laughs) you're fine no because it is it is it's it's all over the news Mm -hmm. and and we've got to start you know focusing that that different topic just like you said so um we're going to focus on men right now um so one in six men experience sexual violence in their lifetime okay um and i think men are often more into not tell um on average on average um, men will wait about 20 years to tell that something happened to them oh and a lot of that has to be yeah a lot of that has to do with hyper masculinity Mm -hmm. right um a lot of people view sexual violence as being weak being less than Mm -hmm. not being able to fight back um, a lot of people even question their sexuality yeah. when it comes to um, men dealing with sexual violence. Well, does this mean I'm this way or that way? And we just reassure that um, you are who you are, mm-hmm. um, and you know th- that should never influence that, right? right? Um, and so a lot of men don't tell, and so this mm-hmm. number may be a lot higher. Um, we just don't know. Um, mm-hmm. We have to continue to knock down that hypermasculinity. Um, to make sure that it doesn't mean you're weak. Um, I think what's important here, talking about women, men, um, non-gender conforming, is talking about our responses to stress. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big one here, is talking about um, the flight, fight, or freeze, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's important, because not everyone has the fight uh, reaction. Right. You know, most people have the freeze, where they're just in it for survival, and they, have, you know, they just want to get out of it. Um, and so they'll disassociate, they'll pull away um, from what's actually happening. And so um, a lot of victims do um, generally you know, blame themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I think as a society, we do have a very victim-blaming society. And so we have to move out of that and know that it's no one's fault um, right. if they are sexually assaulted. Um, and it's important to really be an ally 
for uh, victims of sexual assault to come forward and to know that there is healing. It's a process, but we're here. Just along with all the other rape crisis centers, we're all here yep. Yep. Um, to provide that for people. Absolutely. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> it is. So it is. when you go and like, because I... And, and, and we can take this out if I shouldn't say this or ask this question, but you you go to um, police departments? Do you go there? Like, where do you go to educate people? Like, what what's your typical demographic, I guess? Yeah, sure. So advocates are really good about connecting with police departments. Okay. okay. So they try their best um, to create a um, working relationship with sheriffs, with chief of staff with any anyone they can okay. and just recently i think last year before covid started um advocates were training police officers here in decatur illinois awesome. how to respond to sexual violence okay. how to um, make sure that we continuously make the make the survivor feel safe right um the different words we should and shouldn't use um victim blaming those type of things and so we worked very closely with them um, to make sure that we can um, continuously provide that awesome. uh, for um, members of the community. Yeah. Awesome. So what is, um, what's the teen one that you were talking about? So you go, do you go to schools or like youth centers or what did you mention that, right? That you, you went to teen, oh, yeah. you did like a teen oh, yeah. class we, we course. <laughs> oh yeah. We go everywhere. So many schools around the area love our safe days curriculum. Uh-huh. And so we will teach 10 sessions um, to kids, <laughs> we awesome. will teach this to the kids, and whether it's in school, fine, whether it's in a summer program, that's what we do, um, awesome. we work with, like, the Boys and Girls Club, um, Big Brothers and Big Sisters, um, a lot of different things, oh, <laughs> that's awesome, the community. yeah, because we want to continue this conversation, absolutely, right, um, we especially focus on, like, summer, that's what we do, typically, uh-huh. it's, like, more agency, um, yeah, to go and work with them there. Oh, yeah. that's, that's so cool. It's funny too, not funny, but like ironic again, because I think it was two, either last Friday or the Friday before I work at the youth center here on Fort Rucker okay. and they did. And I'm, I, it's funny. I'm kind of a bus driver. I just bust them around and I, I hang out with them. Like once I get back, if I, we have plenty of time and stuff and they did a teen, um, like a teen violence dating like uh assembly kind of for the teens at the center and I didn't get to see it but I I guess it was really really cool they were talking about the next day about they learned a lot and about how they learned a lot and I thought that was really cool so I feel like it and again it is that preventative thought process of letting them know now uh, you know of these things even though it's probably kind of uncomfortable for them but that's what sure. you guys are good at is trying to make it <laughs> fun-ish for them, but also informative. Absolutely. And I think it's important because I know when I went to school, we didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've generally just been like, all right, kids, we've taught you everything we've taught you. Good yep. luck. Hope you don't run into someone who's abusive. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, and that's not okay. <laughs> we've got to really make sure that we give um, next generations, these kids, the right tools to make better decisions for themselves. Absolutely. Know what unhealthy behavior is. Mm-hmm. Get away from that unhealthy regimen of just continuously having abusive relationships, abusive relationships, um, which factors into so many other things. Right. Mental health, substance abuse. I mean, just a 
slew of different things. Yep, yep. It's yeah. definitely like a, a a trickle effect for sure. And you don't, and, you know, kids don't really think about that. And honestly, as adults, you kind of, like sometimes you might not think about that too. Like if you're experiencing this, and then your mental health is deteriorating, and then you're falling into being numb. So you you know, like it it being aware of all of that stuff is so important and it's just so um like eye-opening and really cool what you guys are doing honestly like it's it's honestly so amazing um so what what do you guys do if someone comes in or someone needs your help that's out like they're technically from california and they're in decatur illinois and they're like this just happened to me like what what can you guys do to help them in that like scenario Oh, yeah, of course. So initially, we would refer them to the Rape Crisis Center that is in their service area, but we will absolutely talk with them. Okay. We will sit them down and talk with, like, if they need to get an order of protection, we will sit them down and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will do whatever we can to make sure that they are safe, um, you know, because that, that is so important, especially if you're from out of town. Right. I mean, that is, that is crucially important um, to make sure that they're in a safe area, safe space. Um, for them to feel comfortable. Um, but if they stay here, then we will take them on. But if they go back, we want to make sure that we have contact with that rape crisis center to let them know, um, you know, what's going on. Right. Not, not intentionally everything, but right. just to make sure. Make sure um, that they're okay. Exactly, yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So do you guys, is there, like, this gonna might be a silly question, but is there some, I guess you said the rape crisis center, is that like a national level thing or is it like a state level and then can go to national level how does that work with so i'm so glad you asked this because there's a wonderful thing called um rain.org and that's r-a-i-n-n.org um and they have a national sexual abuse hotline number awesome um and i'll go ahead and give this after i let you know what this is perfect it's when someone has been sexually assaulted let's say they're from out of town okay um, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to call because uh, you go through a lot of trauma mm-hmm. during that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the number to call. Um, it is 1-800-656-4673. And what this number does is if you call it, they will direct you to a rape crisis center that is in that service area. Oh, awesome. Um, so let's say you're from Decatur, but you're in Chicago and you were sexually assaulted. Um, you call this number, and they will direct you to a crisis center that is closest to you in Chicago, wow. um, where you can get immediate help, where you can make sure that um, if you need to go to the hospital, the advocates will meet you there. So there's a lot of different things that um, survivors can do to make sure that they're safe wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's really cool. Like, because you don't, I mean, it's something that I've never thought about, but it, it is important right. to know that information just, yeah. just in case, like, it's good to have this information, um, Absolutely. saved, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and then we also have a state level okay. and this is called like CASA, that's Illinois Co- Coalition Against Sexual Assault. And what this is, is a nonprofit organization of about 30 community-based sexual assault crisis centers, mm-hmm. which all of us work together um, to end sexual violence. Um, but ICASA.org is where you can locate a rape crisis center near you. Okay. You can look up stats, you can look up brochures, um, and it gives you a list of state coalitions, government agencies, and other resources as well. Awesome. Um, so it's also a wonderful tool to go on. Awesome. So does each state have something like that? I'm assuming that they do because yes. it's it seems like a pretty big thing too to Correct. have, especially yes. with like it is a big thing. 
Awesome. <laughs> yes, most states absolutely have, it, it, yeah, a bigger coalition overseeing the rape crisis centers just to make sure that everything is functioning and we're, you know, serving um, victims of sexual violence as best as we can. Awesome. Absolutely. So what yeah. is um, your guys' phone number? Because I know I wanted to have that just in case. So our phone number is, like I said before, 24-7, um, at any time, day, night, um, it is 217-428-0770. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. And at any time, if anyone needs anything, um, even just, hey, my friend said this, mm-hmm. um, I need some help. Um, someone's going through a crisis. They just woke up and they had a dream. Um, those type of things. We're here. Okay. Um, we're here to work through that with people. Awesome. Absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to add that we didn't touch on? Well, I do have some more statistics. Go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> I heard you like statistics. Oh, I do. I do. What, what I really wanted to do is throw in statistics from um, um, just a lot of different things. Absolutely. Okay. So 21% of transgender genderqueer or non-conforming college students mm-hmm. have been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And only about half of those come forward. Okay. Right? Um, sexual violence in the military, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it often goes unreported mm-hmm. due to ranking, yep. due to safety. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, in 2018, it is reported that uh, 20,500 service members did experience sexual assault. And, you know, and, the, and these are service members who are protecting us and serving our country. Yeah. Um, which is devastating to hear mm-hmm. um, that, you know, these people don't feel comfortable enough to come forward and get that help. Right. Or, um, yeah, yeah. Was, and then, did sorry, that, sorry, did that um, break down between men and women or was it just like a blanket statement of um, like just military members? Sure. No, yes, it's definitely both. Okay. Um, Primarily, statistically, women are yeah. um, more amped to be sexually assaulted. Absolutely. But that may not also be true either because right. we know that men don't come forward. Right, right. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, factors when it's coming into that. But that is a general. Okay. Um, over general male Right, and I, I think, too, it's, like, a probably more of an assumption. Like, we kind of know that, right. but I just didn't know if it broke down further. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, sure. <laughs> so Native Americans are at the greatest risk of sexual violence in which they are 2.5 times more likely to experience uh, sexual violence, um, human and sex trafficking, than compared to any other race. Um, In fact, 34% 34 of Native Native women are raped in their lifetime. You know, some women are born in this. Some women are born into a sex trafficking home. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different factors that go into this. Um, And so um, even like our... You know, do they feel safe enough? Is there, is there a rape crisis center near them? That type of thing. Yeah. Um, information that they may not know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important to really talk about that. Wow. Um, most sexual assaults, uh, excuse me, most mm-hmm. sexual assaults occur at or near the victim's home. And I kind of touched on this earlier. So mm-hmm. 90% of the time, the perpetrator is someone the victim knows. So I know, I mean, for me, at least, mm-hmm. I was taught stranger danger, right? Right, right. Or if someone were to come up to you, you yell, stranger danger, and you run away, right? Or yep. if that car pulls up and they say, hey, you want to see the puppy I got? We're like, no, run um, away. Yep, yep. That doesn't technically really happen that much. <laughs> um, it, it, it's in homes. Um, it's in homes, it's in neighborhoods, it's in communities. Um, and so it's really crucially important to understand that as well because 
that's one of the reasons why people don't tell. Right. Um, they feel like um, no one will believe them. They feel that they're going to get in trouble um, for saying someone uh, for saying someone sexually assaulted them. Um, and people, you know, really like this person. They believe this person is a perpetrator, and so it's it's difficult. And it, here's a here's a tougher uh, statistic: mm-hmm. um, only five out of every thousand perpetrators that were sentenced will ever end up in prison. Oh. And so it's even worse for for victims to think if I come forward and I say this, is, is there going to be retaliation? Mm-hmm. Am I going to see this person on the streets? Am I going to see this person when I'm at my job? Yeah. Um, which causes because um, we know one thing about trauma is that it's really hard to go away. Yep. It sits there. Um, and a smell, a touch, yep. a scent um, could bring up that sexual assault again. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's hard for victims to come forward. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That one, that yep. one, so, uh, we'll, I'll be thinking about. Trust. Yeah, yep. I'll be yep. thinking about that one. Because you, yep. like it, because I, I, People who know me, I love true crime podcasts. I'm all about it. It's my my wheelhouse. It's just what I prefer to listen to and stuff. And it's so frustrating when the the individuals who could like commit this stuff don't get anything, or they just get like a slap on the wrist type of thing. And yeah, but prevention. I I think that you guys exactly what your job is is to help. Um, the future, for sure. Exactly, yeah. Got to focus on that, focus on that prevention piece to yep. make sure that um, we're providing a safe environment for communities absolutely. Uh, to thrive in, yep. to live good, productive lives. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Ugh. Do you have any more statistics for me? Um, no. I no? Don't. <laughs> Surprisingly enough. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on, honestly. Um, and like, <laughs> it really is. Rain.org is one of the best ones to go off of. Yeah. Um, this is all federal statistics that have been done throughout the years. Okay. Um, these are accredited, um, and that is a wonderful way to start learning and uh, kind of unlearning things that we um, have, have learned throughout the years yeah. or thought we knew. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Thank you so much for all of the information, all of the phone numbers and the statistics, and just for being on today. This is really cool and I know we were both kind of nervous but I think it turned out okay <laughs> minus my dogs barking in the background every now and again but that's life <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh well I will stop hitting record soon <laughs> that way and then I'll, then we'll hang up so I'm not just like goodbye um All but right. <laughs> Megan thank you so much for being on and I appreciate you all of you and I look forward to seeing you guys at Take Back the Night because now that it's online, I will be in attendance. (laughs) We are so excited to have you. I cannot wait. Awesome. All right. Guys, well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you learned a lot. And this is a safe place for any individual who needs safety. Um, This podcast is, but Growing Strong Sexual Assault Center is such an amazing community and yeah I I just really I hope you guys learned something and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and please do good for someone today and just remember that positivity thrives when we include bye guys